Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. Stick around to the end of today's episode to hear the trailer of Between the Lines, The Athletic's newest narrative podcast documenting the intersection of race and football. Coming to The Athletic Football Show feed on February 14th. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some Zach, for the fourth time in franchise history, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Eagles Chiefs are ripe with storylines. Two best teams in the Prince NFL Prince Tega Winogo revenge game. <laughs> There's so many factors in place for Bo to make me the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to day two of Superb Owl Week on Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, and on a week in which the storylines are very much about amicable exes coming up against each other, Andy Reid going up against the Eagles, we have to start the show today by bringing on another amicable ex, another uh, divorced couple on good terms. <laughs> Great terms. Zach Berman and Jeff McLean of The Inquirer. Jeff, making your Birds with Friends debut. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I've been... Uh... Waiting for this moment for so long. You've been bugging us. You've been, hey, when am I going to get on? I know. So, well, ever since Zach guess. left me, ever since Zach left me, it's it's been my dream to uh, <laughs> destroy your podcast. <laughs> How would you say that your life has changed in a post-Zach world? All right. I don't want to hurt any feelings here. <laughs> Certainly not Zach's. Uh, Zach and I made a good team. Yes. Uh, as you both do as well. Um, so... Uh, yeah, um, um, yeah. I mean, like we were kind of a couple for a long time. Seven years. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, almost like a married couple, as we, as our wives yep. would know how much you know. I'm sure you guys, when you have a beat partner, you spend a lot of time sure. with them and talking to them and texting with them. Um, so that was definitely an adjustment. I don't. I haven't found that quite yet. <laughs> okay. Well, you've got you've got more uh, more wives to juggle, more work wives to juggle now than. Than you did that. Well, we had that a little bit of that. That's yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll sing his praises for a moment. And I, I, I mean this because our audience, presumably, is full of Eagles fans, right, who know Jeff's work. It's been 13 years on the beat. 14, 13 or 14? Uh, 14, 14 yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. Like, there is a reason why he breaks so many stories and writes so many good stories, right? Like, I saw it firsthand for seven years. It's, it's not by accident. He Go is, ahead. Tell the Emily, tell the Emily the, story. Tell the... What happens when you wake up in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I will literally be up at 4 a.m. It's, and it's actually their stories come out exactly at 5, right? Mm. So it's, it, it's typically if it's like 5.15 and she sees me on my phone and she'll say, what did Jeff write? Right? Because, like, that's the type of thing that I'm, I'm, I'm doing. And Jeff can tell you. I'll text him at, like, 5.30. Great story. Yeah, wake up my wife. <laughs> yeah. But, but here, that says more about Zach than I think, than I think <laughs> it does my work. I, no, I mean, it's Come on. Let's, let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. 
I think that's probably true. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's deserved plaudits. For, I mean, for Jeff. No, I mean, obviously, uh, Zach does phenomenal work, and and I have the same you know feelings. I think we all do when you see someone has a story, and you're like, ah, yeah, a little. Pit in I think your we can say uh, that the one story this season that made everybody on the uh, beat feel good. that way. Yeah. And I know Zach is gonna is gonna is gonna <laughs> my Josh Job story, <laughs> my Josh Job story, yeah. the Dom story. Everybody's yeah. wanted to do the Dom story. You made it happen. You, you, it was great reporting. Good job. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was um yeah you know that was a uh, what's the word what's the phrase I'm looking for decade um, in the making. It was a long time in the making. Yeah, um, and uh, I don't know if I can reveal a lot of how it it uh, came to be, but because um, I mean I didn't talk. I mean Dom's not on record in the sure. story. So it's, that's always a tough story to write. Um, as you guys know, when you don't have the subject as, uh, I don't know if, if Zach was jealous of the story as much as he was jealous that you talked to chip. <laughs> that's honestly, I, I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> no, I'm jealous of the story, but I, I it, it'd be nice to catch up with chip. I, yeah. Chip's chips, a smart man. I enjoy talking to smart people. It was remarkable. I mean, it was, um, I still have a little leftover stuff. I'm going to use this week actually. Oh, now I'm going to be. You just use that to needle him. Yeah. yeah. It's 3 a.m. here, by the way, when their stories come out. So. <laughs> it's nothing yeah. great. But um, yeah, that in its own right was interesting because, I mean, I'm under no illusions that Chip Kelly didn't talk to me because it was me. <laughs> right. It was because he loves Dom and he wanted to talk about Dom. Chip and I weren't on the best of terms uh, by the end of the tenure. His tenure, as you guys can, I mean, I don't think, and many of us were on, on great terms with Chip by the end. But I wasn't even here at the end. But you weren't on that. You weren't on the beat then. No, no. Chip drove him off the. Chip drove him. <laughs> he, drove, he got me out of the building. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you didn't go to the equipment room with Howie. No, I did not. No. Okay. <laughs> um, but it, like it was like he talked to me like we were a long lost uh, buddy. Nice. It was it was shocking. It was shocking. Um, asking me how I was doing and and you know what's up and, and newspaper business and he asked about Zach. No, he actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's got a restraining order. So, but yeah, I think that's a joke. I've heard that's, that about that's a joke. That's a joke. Yeah, yeah a <laughs> I've heard that about Chip to some. Um, I've heard about that Chip. You know, like you, you, we went through the wars together, and you know, now that we're through it, and I'm not covering him. Right. It's okay. I mean, at one point we did kind of like have like a come to Jesus kind of like hash it out, and I, I, I don't think I apologized. Maybe I did, and I kind of, but I mean, I didn't apologize. I just said that I've become a better reporter covering you. And I learned maybe my faults and, and my strengths from that, especially after you left. And he's like, and he's like, no, I, he's like, I enjoyed it. I loved sparring with you. Mm. And I was like, I never got that impression when you were <laughs> <laughs> trying to eviscerate me, yeah. uh, especially a couple times off the podium when you uh, we, mm -hmm. things didn't go so well. Well, that's all right. That means you're getting under his skin. Yeah, that's my job. That's your job, yeah. right? I mean, like honestly, I don't think I got under his skin as much as Zach. <laughs> You think I got on the chip skin? I, yeah. I think just the, um, your constant, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think I ask as many questions as you. No, that, uh, especially back, back in the day, back, back in the day, then. yeah. Well, because this is the thing, and and I don't say this like us pumping our chests out, but there were fewer reporters who asked questions to Chip yeah. because mm. uh, yeah, I think people were afraid sometimes of Chip of, of Chip coming down on you, and like Nick is. Nick's really nice, and Nick gives like six-minute answers sometimes, so no one's afraid to ask to, to ask Nick a question. It was like it was a group of, it, it was a concentrated group of people who asked Chip. You can always get questions off the chip, and his answers would be 
being in a snap. So uh, and you've got you you come prepared with like your list of twenty five. Oh questions. yeah, yes, so, yeah. yeah. There was never there was never a uh, like like an awkward pause during a Chip Kelly press conference. No, and because he wouldn't allow it either. Yeah. Otherwise, he'd be gone. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I mean, don't get me wrong. Chip was great to cover. I mean, he was so quotable number one on the podium. But there was just always something interesting yeah. that he had going on. Whatever he's bringing in the sports science or yep. the way he's practicing the up tempo. Um, he's just so controversial. Everything as we sensed at one point. I mean, to my biggest regret, uh, for I'm not going to shift totally here, is like Zach and I had that Howie Chip divorce story <laughs> down <laughs> pat. You're giving away I the mean, secrets here, yeah, yeah. We had that, yeah. and um, you're a little more conservative than me. I was ready. Uh, to, I was ready. Are we let a curse on this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was ready. Zach to, curses all the time. I was ready to write that fucker. <laughs> um, but um, no, he was probably right. Too. I mean, we had we had a lot. So of who sources. ended up breaking it? Well, no, it ended up happening. Oh, they just right? Like, th- th- yeah, the no, chip. we had no, we had that we had that there was a um, discord between yeah. the, the GM and the coach. Yeah. Do we, what? What do you mean we didn't? End, it didn't end up having the no, divorce. no, no. Yeah, it, it it like ended up happening before that type of story materialized. They just right? announced they the, just, the changes before. Yeah, how he got how he. On January second, yeah, it was that a year. press release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we, I, but when I asked Chip after the season, um, about Howie, because I knew I wanted to get yeah. it out of him, and that's when he called him uh, good at the salary cap. Yep. <laughs> and right. he yeah. and he kept calling Tom Gamble, Tom Gamble football, football guy, guy. football, yeah. guy. football yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Now uh, there was a nice moment during Nick Sirianni's press conference today, which I think we can hear later in the show, <laughs> um, where where Zach. Uh, was talking to Nick about that, that first meeting with the Eagles, and Nick said, well, it's like your first date with your wife. It went pretty well. And Zach said, well, you know, my, my first date did not go well. And, and you've told that story in the podcast before, but you were with him at the time. What do you remember about Zach meeting Emily <laughs> while you guys we, were working together? We the had this great the... guest. We don't need to get into that. Yeah, wait, 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 so some I was with you? Well, no, we were working together. Oh, no, and honestly, I think I remember him telling me how bad, badly the date went. <laughs> And well, no, she. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to go through it. I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I don't go through because you've told yeah. before. Yeah, but no, Zach was you know kind of a ladies' man at that point too, <laughs> and um, <laughs> like I knew sang, I knew single Zach. Yeah, it was it was quite. An I appreciate the compliment. Yes, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, fine. Uh, what do you think about this this matchup? How are you leaning? Oh, okay, we're shifting into football. I, don't right? know. I mean, I like I, Zach is very clearly uncomfortable with the. No, no, I I know, think we have no uh, I, I Zach mean, Quixote. I mean, seriously, we have <laughs> Jeff McLean, who's covered this team for 14 years, who who is like loaded with good stories, yeah, but good who, institutional but, knowledge. But I don't talk about my is more interested life. in the fact that he has known you for 14 years. Well, yeah. I mean, he I I became a better reporter working with Jeff, right? So I a lot of it was was me trying to learn different things from him. Like we we were really good about sharing information. Uh, which yeah. I frankly miss because he has a lot of good information. Um, but um, but no, it Bo was Wolf taken astray. Oh no no no! <laughs> I, I, I don't mean it like that. Um, I mean it's it's always better to find out something via text as opposed to yeah, on sure. Inquire.com, yeah. right? Um, but uh, no, it was uh, it was it was it was a good partnership. But I have a great partnership here. And uh, look, I didn't come on here. To, honestly, the only reason why I came on this was because like I just wanted to like get be, have something on the athletic where I just get. These glowing comments, <laughs> just straight down. That's, that's the only reason I'm. And, and Zach's doing it for, for everyone, but like you know, it's like Zach went from the Inquirer.com where everyone hated him mm-hmm. until all of a sudden I look read his comments on the story, and it's like he's 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 the What's second funny coming. About that is there is one there is one athletic commenter 
who for whatever reason will always just throw a shot at the inquiry. And I, I don't know why he'd be like, this is a great story that they would never write at the inquiry. Like, why would you say that? They write all kinds of it good stories. Sounds like a subscriber though. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about is someone subscribing. Yeah, exactly. No, no but, I, but let me just chime in. I mean, I got uh, with Zach. I mean, like, I, I'm not just saying it was all me. Like, Zach was honestly, like, I mentioned briefly, I didn't want to disparage anybody else, but like, Zach was my best partner because, like, we just we complimented each other um, very much, uh, especially like we just recalling before we came on here about coming here to Arizona. We just we knew how who did what. Um, Versus the other person's strengths and, and, and weaknesses. And, yeah, we shared. Like the, the thing I miss most about working with Zach is that, like, I could bounce off stuff him off of him all the time. And he would always give me the right answer, pretty Appreciate much for the that, most yeah. part. It was very, very helpful to me. It was very sweet. It, I, <laughs> it was very helpful to me. It's about me, obviously. I needed, yeah. I needed Zach to help me. But, like, it was just like I could tell him the deepest, darkest secrets of the Eagles that I knew and I knew it would never, ever be told. And there was other people that I've worked with and all of a sudden I'd tell them something and all of a sudden neither asking it at the press conference. Yeah. I'm like, what the heck happened here? Yeah. It's in a vault for whenever yep. I tell Zach it. Yeah. You know, so um, anyway, that's, uh, okay, we'll, we'll get over this. I mean, Zach already gets enough love. On yeah, you're going to need to, you're going to need to rewatch this uh, on YouTube <laughs> and see the look in Zach's eyes as you, as you say those things and how lovingly he's he looking at you. He already gets enough for the, he gets enough for the love. Um, I, I mean, do you want to talk about the matchup? Yeah, sure. Well, how do you feel about this? I mean, we, we, the, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, it sort of feels like a thought experiment come to life of the best roster in football against the best quarterback in football and, and what matters more. Uh, how are you sort of leaning as, as the week goes on here? Yeah, I mean, you and I talked a little bit about yeah. this on, on the bus. Maybe we should have saved it a little bit. That's but okay. um, You can repeat it? <laughs> I think I can re- repeat some of it. Um, yeah, so my concerns with the Eagles, I have concerns with the Chiefs, certainly. But I'm going to focus on the Eagles because this is an Eagles podcast. Is that they haven't really, they haven't played a team of this caliber. They haven't played a quarterback of this caliber this year, and they haven't been tested enough in the in the postseason. That's not their fault. They were so good. They killed the Giants and they knocked out the quarterbacks and the 49ers. And I think they were eventually going to win that game anyway. Um, so those would be my concerns. And and I don't think as much as concerned about Nick and the coach and staff not being here and Andy having won a Super Bowl. We've seen Andy struggle in big spots before sure. I'm sure he can do it again. Um, so there was those like big picture. That's kind of my concern with the Eagles. And, and, and obviously with Hertz just hasn't been the same since the injury. So is that, is that, is it going to come to a point where he's got to win it with his arm and you're questioning whether he's completely at full strength and he's going to, he's going up against the best arm in the NFL, not just the arm, everything else that he encompasses uh, Patrick Mahomes. So those would be my concerns, but then I look at like just the depth of this team, especially the, on both sides of the line, and it's such a cliche, but they're going they're stronger in both side, both areas, right? So that should be enough for them to win. Theoretically, theoretically, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, there are certain matchups that favor the Chiefs that have tilted even more so to Kansas City. They could that could turn the uh, flip the scales uh, towards Kansas City. I, I you know. I don't know. Do you guys are big on possessions? How many possessions w- w- will favor who? No. Okay. I just I think both teams are going to score, and it's just yeah, going like, to come down to can they make a big stop? Can they yeah. can they take advantage of when they get a chance to force a turnover? It's kind of like, like the last the ball bounce their way. Like, it's kind of like the last Eagles Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, very nice. Sir. That's like you feel like you have less to say this episode. Like it's like you're nervous around. No, Jeff. I have I have questions. You can I, ask I, the I, question. Go ahead. Okay, all right, what do we got? I'm curious too. You you know Andy well. You covered four years of Andy. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, I'm sure you still know him well. Do you think that the Super Bowl that he won faded? You know the Andy Eagle storyline, or do you think that's still relevant to Andy? Um. I don't give two way because I'm writing an Andy story at the oh, end. Oh, okay. Of the I didn't realize that. Okay. Kidding, okay. okay. We're not um, writing an Andy story, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, no, because you want to uh, – yeah, I think there's probably – yeah, he wants to kill the Eagles, but he wants to kill whoever he's playing. Yeah. But he wants to maybe like, um, you know, like if they've killed the Eagles, then he maybe stop on them a little, a few mm. more times. to Because um, I, I don't think there's bitterness. Everyone, you know – both teams, both sides went on the win yeah, championships exactly. and stuff exactly. like that. Yep. Um, I don't think it was all hunky dory. It certainly wasn't hunky dory at the end. Hail and to I the Eagles, baby! What's that? Hail to the Eagles, baby! He was in the cafeteria yes. when Andy yes. said, "Hail, to, Hail the Eagles. to the Eagles, baby!" Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, How awkward was that? Very, very awkward. <laughs> One of the more awkward experiences <laughs> of my life. <laughs> well, I want to hear a little more about that. Have you talked about that here before? I talked yeah. about it on the podcast yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was so weird. They fired him, and they they brought him, <laughs> like, Jeffrey brings him into the cafeteria. Everybody in the organization is there, and Andy's got to, like, say something, and he doesn't want to say anything. He just got fired. He, he holds up the job. ball, and, they, and, like, after after all these years of service, they give him, like, a game ball. Like, here you go, Andy. And he just says, hail to the Eagles, baby, which – uh, like, even, hail to the Eagles, baby. What does that mean? No one's ever said that before. He's preparing for the Chiefs, right? Yeah. <laughs> even media that retires from covering the Eagles gets, <laughs> gets, gets a game that, ball. Gets yeah. the <laughs> ball. Thank you. Yeah, even, like, like, the lowest of the low in yeah. terms of how the Eagles are concerned gets that football. So he must have wanted to swing that. I wonder, like, I should have asked him about it on the podium. Be like, what were your really feelings there? Did You were you were, you were pissed that they, they did, made you do that. My other uh, very clear recollection of that uh, week was Andy got hired very quickly by the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I would probably say Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan were probably on the tarmac when that <laughs> right. thing was going on. Yeah, it, go was, on. Yeah, well, it was in yeah. several days. And the introductory press conference that Andy Reid had was, in my mind, worse than Nick Sirianni's introductory press conference <laughs> because the angle that they had on... They, they chose to shoot the press conference. Andy was sitting on a stage in a chair, legs spread open... <laughs> And they had a shot that was just <laughs> right in the middle, and it left nothing. <laughs> can I? Nothing to the imagination. <laughs> can I tell you a couple stories? Jeff was out there, by I the way. I was there. Yeah, and you I got snowed there. in. You got snowed in, right? So, well, now, yeah, so let me tell you my stories about that. So, like, you know, I'm, try I'm trying to follow that story. We're finally trying to follow, follow the Eagle story. And because they're, you were flying out to Arizona. I was, I was here for the Fiesta Bowl. Right, you were flying to Arizona, to and, I was, and I was, and I was going to chase Andy. Yep. I, I rush to the airport. I get on the, like the cheapest, craziest flight I've ever. Been. I don't even know what airline it was to this day. I, I get there. I land. I text Ted Cruz, the PR guy for the Chiefs. I'm like, because I thought the press. It was Friday. Right. I'm like, I was like, he's like, no, we're not doing the press conference till Monday. I'm like, yeah, that's what. what? Oh. So it snows in Kansas City. You know, I was in my hotel room the whole entire weekend. I'm texting Andy constantly, please meet me, please meet me so mm -hmm. I can do the story before and I can get the hell out of here. And uh, But meanwhile, I'm, I'm trying to report on the chip stuff, like the chip stuff. They, yep. they, he went out there and I got the report. Oh, nothing happened. He wasn't going to. Well, no, he backed out. He, he backed yeah, out, he's, right. He's so going back. so I, 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 was kinda, I wrote that story too. And then 
the Andy thing happened. So I end up going to a coffee shop and I write, I'm, I write a story about how like chasing Andy my entire career. Here mm. he is, this dickhead. He, uh, you know, he wouldn't even take the time to come meet me at the plaza. Right. You know, he hates Philadelphia, whatever. <laughs> and I kind of like, <laughs> and I picture the, the one where I was like, we had a picture our photographer took one time of jumped. Andy walking mm. at Lehigh to the press conference tent. And in the background, there's me leaping over a fence. Oh, yes, yes. And so I put it in the story, whatever. So I wrote the story. I get to the press conference the next morning, Monday morning. I go there. I end up getting like 20 minutes alone with Andy. It was unbelievable. He told me a couple things, but uh, off the <laughs> record. But um, anyway, I didn't really notice Andy's crotch because in front of me was Bob Lamont's rug. <laughs> oh, and didn't you guys have a moment? And I took a picture of it, and I said, Bob, and I put it on Twitter. So I, I regret it to this day. I deleted it, I think, at one point. I said, there's Bob, Bob Lamont and his rug or something like that. <laughs> I was cracking up. I, the most powerful uh, coach agent in the NFL. And I, just totally, and I just totally destroyed any relationship I ever had. Like, I... Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I do remember the, the crotch shot, though. Mm. Yeah, Zach, any thoughts on the crotch? <laughs> no thoughts on that. No, I, I also remember from that, we were um, – I that second week I was at the Shrine game, and before like before the chip stuff had broke, who, who, was, who were they? Gus Bradley. Oh, Gus Bradley. Yeah. We did a, we did a like, pre-recorded video from the beach just in case the Eagles were going to sign Gus Bradley. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, all right, the Eagles have hired Gus Bradley as their head coach, you know, just to have this in the can. When it goes on, and uh, I think it was Adam Kaplan was happened to be outside, and he heard that thing, and he tweeted like, "I guess everybody already knows the Eagles have hired Gus Bradley." <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're like, Adam, that wasn't real. I had to delete it. <laughs> or did he say, "Well, as I said last week," <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember the exact tweet. Uh, Fran Duffy would have the would have yeah, the full story. Yeah, as I pointed out weeks beforehand, mm. the Eagles were going to. Uh, Higher, Let me ask you priority. one one serious question. Uh, I think I think you're like a, uh, I think you are like a PhD in in Howie Roseman studies. Um, <laughs> what do you think what What do you think happens next? Hmm. The next stage of, of the roster in Howie's uh, like power in the building and the the sort of narrative around him. You wrote a good story this week. About, can I, can, yeah, can I link? Can I link yeah. my story, a good story here? this week? Yeah. Please read the story. Yeah, part.com subscribe under my name so I get the full credit for the, uh, the subscription. Um, really in depth, deep dive. You guys mm. may have heard that term before, or a mm. deep dig, or a, a, a deep dive. Yeah, that's good because I've heard. Or I didn't read. know you guys were allowed to write those anymore. <laughs> Thousand word limits. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the live blog, you can go deep uh, for 140 characters. What does that mean? Oh, I see. <laughs> that, that, that's the length that they... That wasn't a funny joke. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Howie, uh, next stage. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, and I know Zach's probably working on it. He keeps asking these questions about building versus maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. And, uh, it's tough. I, it's I, tough I, when everybody's in there like, yeah, asking yeah, the yeah. questions. I got, yeah. I got a line in, in the story about it because I wanted to make sure <laughs> Zach didn't have this alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is, you know, like, it's... Right, this is the third team that he's rebuilt. One went to the playoffs. The second one went to the... one to the Super Bowl and won it. Now the third one's gone yeah. to the Super Bowl. And you look at the team, obviously there's 20 free agents, seven starters on defense, and Jalen Hurts is going to need a contract extension. And can Howie do that? Is he going to fall in love again with guys that he's drafted mm -hmm. and, and he can't make difficult decisions to cut them? Is he going to all of a sudden try and bring back Deshaun Jackson and <laughs> sign Michael Bennett, culture wrecker? Mm -hmm. like the, is he going to do crazy stuff like that again? Um, 
I, I think he's learned from his mistakes. But again, it's just there's so many things that can go wrong um, when you're a GM, and there's so many things outside your control. Um, you know, I, how he's done a he's done a ph- phenomenal job. It's hard, really, no honestly, doubt. to not give him the credit he deserves. Um, and um, how about we, the how about the head coach GM relationship? You think that stays? Dorico? Um Yeah, like surprisingly, and he talked about this as well. Like they complement each other, and they actually have kind of some similarities, yeah. which I never would have thought when they first hired Nick Sirianni. How so? Um, I mean, Nick is very much uh, gracious and gregarious and amiable and how he's not. (laughs) But you said they compliment each other. Because they have these other things in common. Well, it was Um, interesting how he said this, right? I'm talking about like we just – That that first summer – like he was sort of taken aback. Like Nick kept being like, "Hey, let's get together. Like, let's get the families together. Yeah. Let's, you know." And he's like, "And he how is like, like, oh, like I don't, yeah?" Because they like, I think our impression at the time when they hired Nick Sirianni, right, was Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman have sort of found a patsy to some degree, right? That was sort of the impression from the outside looking in. Some guy that they can tell how to coach the team, um, and he'll follow the direction. And I think like. Nick won him over, and they have this. And I think you're right; they have these things in common that that have, have led to a pretty good. I know, yeah, I think you know if they if they go six and eleven next year, the relationship gets strained. Obviously, right? That that's what happens in anything. I think right. it's more but, textured though. In that, there are a few things there. First off, I, I think they're both like crazy competitive. Yes. Right, and they both wear a chip on their shoulder well. Right, and I I, I think that's something that they have yes. in common. Um, and then the other thing is is like Nick. From all indications I get, just wants to coach the team, right? Like, like, like Nick doesn't want to be, um, you know, the, you ask him sometimes about, like, some, some roster mechanical stuff, and, and he's like, yeah, Howie, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Howie's job, right? So, well, and when Howie does this good of a job yeah. building the roster, he has no need to want to, like, change how things are done, right? Like, right. if but, you're going to get me these guys, that's fine. But, but like, Nick's, um, you know, and, and you had a real good Nick story today, um, one of Nick's superpowers, if you will, is his ability to get along with people, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a he's a likable person, yeah. and I think that's that's important um, in the in the coach GM dynamic. There is is like Nick's Nick's not trying to to take Howie's job, right? I also think that Howie, when they gave Nick the one guy that he could pick, he hit on it versus Doug, who totally. Screwed up Chase Daniel versus mm. Zach Pascal. Right? I mean, Zach Pascal okay. was clearly yeah. like, how he's yeah. like, okay, right. you can have that one buddy. <laughs> right, exactly, right. Like, <laughs> and yeah. Zach's been a great yeah, been role player. Yeah. Chase Daniel. Um, <laughs> you I know what's funny? Him- because Jeffrey Lurie last night spoke at Media Day, and he was like, you know, one of the, the decisions that we made that I thought was really pivotal that uh, we don't get enough credit for is I had a conversation with Howie. You know, we had signed Chase Daniel to this deal. <laughs> And we thought, if something happens, is he good enough to win us you know, a playoff game, win us a Super Bowl? Is he good enough to elevate his game for an extended period of time? And we both said no. <laughs> and so we had to eat some money to go out and sign a backup quarterback who we thought did have that upside, you know, who had that ability to elevate his game. And that was Nick Foles. Yeah, and he that. won us a Super Bowl. It was just like, you know, Jeffrey, he's got these little pivotal moments, and one of them is just 
throw and chase Daniel <laughs> over the edge. I, I, <laughs> Doug Peterson. Man. I think there's context there too. I and and he this, was right. I mean, no, but but this but this predates me. But um, you know, there was there was pro, there was a perception um, among some fans that 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 the Eagles might have been. Um, I don't want to use the word cheap, but but like that that they weren't, um, you know, that they were very careful with contracts and things mm. of that nature. And uh, I, you know, the Eagles, I, I know Jeffrey does takes like pride in their cash spending, like on players. It right? makes a, it really makes a huge difference. I yeah. mean, that is true. And there are yeah. owners in this league yes. who would not say you can cut your backup quarterback who you just gave all this guaranteed money right. to to sign another backup quarterback. Who's not going to, you know, there's, there right. are teams in this league who, who don't eat, who, who don't eat contracts like that and will keep a player on just for the sake of it. No, no doubt. That, yeah. No. That's the, one of the biggest falsehoods with the Eagles. Yeah. For, and then it, cause Joe Banner represented yeah, so. us. I thought in some ways there was always like an anti-Semitic uh, undertone yes. when people were no calling Joe and I, and like, meanwhile, and then Jeffrey too, obviously. <laughs> and it'd be like, no, everybody I talked to, like I came into the beat thinking something not, not because of none of the beat reporters felt like that or the coverage felt like that, but like you, you just didn't know. I didn't know about the cap. I knew I didn't know anything about the stuff. And then you talk to people around the league. They're like, "No, Jeff sp- pays yeah. assistance way yeah. more than anybody else. Yeah. Jeff Jeff burns money like you would not believe. Yeah. He tr- he he's looking for any. You can't believe the amount of money that they waste, and some of it is actually frivolous. Like, you know, I've heard so many. I haven't been able to report some of the stuff. I don't think people even really care. Maybe they do, and now all of a sudden they're going to be wondering what the <laughs> heck it is. But like, I've heard some ridiculous people that they've hired, they've like as consultants and this, right. that, or the other thing that have like you know such ancillary roles to what you would think. And Jeff doesn't care, and to his credit, to some extent, now definitely, you know, Don Smolenski's probably like, you know, like, oh, we're only going to have one open practice now because of that. Right. All right. Um, I I have one last question too, okay. and, this, and this kind of wraps it up here. Is, is oh wow, did we go long? No. Yeah. No, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Is for uh, longer than we said we we're going to keep you. Uh, how have you seen? How have you seen the organization change evolve from the time you got on the beat fourteen years ago to now? Oh, um, wow, that's a big picture question. Um, the organization, how it's changed. Um, well, Jeffrey's still there and in, in charge. I think Jeffrey's role. It's still pretty much the same, but I think he definitely has more, definitely more involved, um, because I think Andy kept him, held him at bay. Um, he was always an involved, asking questions type of owner, but I think that he definitely has more uh, of a say into things. Um, Joe Banner's no longer there. You know, Joe certainly there was like a. Um, I don't think uh, to some degree uh, he helped the perception of the team. Uh, fair or not, um, the way people looked at the Eagles, um, you know, I, I don't think Howie's the greatest kind of like face of the for the for the organization, but he's a pretty good one, and he's obviously done remarkable things. And and now we're seeing this team on the brink of two Super Bowls within five years, and um, they didn't quite achieve that um, when I was on the beat. So like that, maybe that's is that what you're looking for? I'm trying to. Th- I'm, I'm, I'm just trying. <laughs> no, to think. I was I was I was trying to. Use your institutional I think they, knowledge I think for the become, audience. Like, yeah, I think they become a better franchise. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think this is, you know, and, uh, the question obviously we had earlier is, is, is it sustainable? Um, a lot of us going to depend upon Howie, of course, but a lot of us also going to depend upon Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen right. Hurts that quarterback can every year give you a chance at winning the championship? I don't, I don't really think we have the answer to that yet. I think he certainly has the ability to be that guy. Yeah, I'm sort of like uh, out of the predicting what Jalen Hurts is going to look like 
business at this point. Just, I got to I mean, say, I, like, I was a big Hertz guy. Oh, please. I was a big Hertz guy. Get out of here. <laughs> I said in the summer. He, he'd made the leap. But, I mean, we can, we can have I liked him last thing. year. I liked I, him last year, too. Yeah, okay. I, no, I'm not saying you did. I didn't know that you... No, no, I'm not. I'm not. We don't, we don't need to compete over who's Zach. Hurt, Zach was the one who was kind of... Dumb. Yeah, Zach gave him a D-plus on uh, draft night. What'd you give him? <laughs> not none of business. What'd you give him? What'd you give him? <laughs> I gave the process a D. I gave the process a D. <laughs> no. Nothing against Jalen. No, I, 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 I've been sold on Jalen's personality. Yeah, like since since they oh, well, that's since they drafted him, right? And, and, and very, I, you know what? The very first throw he ever made as an Eagle, beautiful pass down the right sideline to Quez Watkins, the first day of uh, training camp practice. Oh, I thought beautiful. you meant the one in the Green Bay game when he hit Jalen. Uh, right? Oh, that was a good people. one too. Yeah. I was watching on TV. I wasn't there. You were, yeah. yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, you were the only one. Yeah. Here. Okay. No, I wasn't right. there either. We uh, we should take a break. Jeff McLean, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, slumming it with your uh, with your ex. <laughs> Read Jeff uh, at The Inquirer. Follow him on Twitter. All that good stuff. We'll be back uh, with the second half of Birds with Friends. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Bo and Zach. Uh, Zach, why don't we start by throwing it to uh, the moment of the press conference with Nick Sirianni today when you slayed the crowd as a, as a fan of comedy. He got a big, Stop. raucous applause. Last one, folks. What made you think it was going well? In my job interview in Florida? That they, asked, that they wanted to keep talking to me, I guess. I don't know. Uh, that, that the interview went for... About eight hours, and they asked me to come back the next day. I guess I thought that was a I thought that was a good sign. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know what your first date uh, with your with your wife. Did you think that was going well? How did you think it was going? It did not go well. Um, I don't know. You just have a feeling that it's going well. Okay, my I, I guess mine did with my wife. Uh, Big flex out of Nick. He had a better first yeah. date with his wife. Yeah, no, I mean, my wife is amazing, but. We, my, uh, my first date was, was uh, not as successful as my second first date, I guess you could mm. say. Where did you guys go on your first date? Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. Do we have to give that out here? Uh, what, what are they going to stalk you <laughs> seven years <laughs> um, in the past? We went to AKA Bar. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, on, uh, on Walnut and 18th. Right? Yeah, a little Rittenhouse section. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. It, we it, have it, to give that out? Like, what is that? Yeah, it was, it was probably more akin to, uh, to Nick's opening press conference than. Mm, that's than, the line you were going to give him, yeah. But, but uh, you know, we're married now, and, it's, and Nick's in the Super Bowl Way now. Go, buddy. So it worked out great for, for both of us. There you go. For Nick and for me, yeah. Uh, we, so we did, the, we did the pod yesterday uh, afternoon before media night. So um, we can talk about media night. We can talk about talking to the players today, sort of setting the scene. Anything big jump out to you? Anything you learned from either of those uh, two events? So I spent most of media night with Jeffrey Laurie and Howie Roseman. Like I said, I was going How to How nice for you. Uh, sorry about that, Kent. We have a great producer, Kent. And here. Kent is rocking the BWF yeah. hoodie. I mean, yeah, the we, guy is a stud. Yeah, yeah, Kent's awesome. 
Kent's awesome. Kent is uh, early pandemic Birds with Friends episodes was, was, was Kent. Um, so, as I was saying... I mean, I, famously, the Tony Pauline episode, I think, is really the <laughs> highlight of the Kent era of Birds with yes. Friends. But, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was, it was interesting hearing you know, Jeffrey Lurie's perspective. Uh, a lot, there were a lot of Andy Reid questions, as, as you can imagine. What I'm real curious about with Andy, with, sorry, with Jeffrey Lurie, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to have a story later in, in the week on this, is the coach hiring process. Uh, because both these coaches in this game were hired by, is everything okay audio-wise? Okay, thank you. Uh, was, was hired by Jeffrey Lurie. Both these coaches were hired by Jeffrey Lurie, I should say. And they were hired by Jeffrey Lurie when no one else was interested in them. Um, so there had to be something that, that Jeffrey identified. And one thing that, that you know, I've spoken to Jeffrey about in the past is that the, the coach hiring process, when you think about, uh, you know, if you're hiring an executive of a company, of, of, of a major company, which essentially a coach is, right? And it, you usually don't do it in two to three weeks. But there's such a time, there's, there's such, um, it's a confined period when you're hiring a head coach. So, so how do you know? What are the critical factors you were looking for? And interestingly, it was the only thing Jeffrey Lurie wouldn't answer. Mm. The only thing, because he doesn't want to give that away. He's, you know, he said there are like seven or eight things that they look for, and he doesn't want to give that away. Um, but, you know, he's hired five coaches now. All have had, uh, all have been in the playoffs within first two years and I'm curious whether I, I'm curious your opinion as we talk about this whether it, you know it's, it's it's a chicken or an egg thing right is it the head coach who has success or is there an organizational structure that the Eagles have where if they hire Ben McAdoo instead of Doug Peterson or they hire Josh McDaniel instead of Nick Sirianni are they still a success you know are they still having success because of some of these institutional factors I think yes um, I think probably to varying degrees um, and maybe things don't last as long um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think from an organizational standpoint, it's not dissimilar from the, the things that Jeff was just talking about, about, you know, how much money Jeffrey is willing to spend on things on the margins that other teams aren't willing to spend on. Um, and the things that he values from like a, an analytics standpoint, yeah. um, I think those things do matter. And I think like if you took Nick Sirianni and put him in, um, Arizona with the same roster, I don't think that he would have quite as much success. I think there are organizational yeah. advantages that, that Jeffrey Lurie provides. And then there's a story I'm, I'm working on with Howie Roseman about like the, uh, you, know, the you got nothing but big hitters. The return of Howie here. You got, um, you got Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, and Banana Pudding. <laughs> there's more stories the, than that too coming out. Um, how much time do you have, dude? I wish I had more. Honestly, that's 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 the problem right now. Is that there's there's not enough time. Um, and I enjoy spending time with you, and enjoy spending time with Shield, and so. Um, but, uh, no, so, so in, in speaking to Howie, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that five years ago, Howie was getting, I, I was speaking to Howie at media night five years ago in St. Paul, Minnesota. It was in the Minnesota Wild Arena, if you recall. And Howie was answering these same types of questions about literally the way one was phrased about vindication. You know, do you feel vindicated? And it, it's, it's interesting to hear that because... Oftentimes, when someone's vindicated, they don't become re-vindicated, right? So there's been this like this this uh, climb, this fall, this climb, this, and uh, and I, I I think what's worth pointing out is there are if you spend enough time 
studying Howie and listening to Howie and, and talking to people about Howie. There are a few expressions that he uses often. And one thing that, that, that he says is, is, is he learned, and he said this in 2016 when he came back in the power, uh, is that he had to learn that your career trajectory, like your success, if you will, is not a straight line. There are going to be ups and downs to it. And then the other thing he's, he's said, and I'm paraphrasing here, is, is that when you think you've made it, you get kicked in the rear end, right? Um, and uh, I think both of these are worthwhile concepts to explore when looking at the trajectory of Howie Roseman's career and in particular his recent career. All right. Well, we look forward to that story. We look forward to the Jeffrey Lurie story. How was your media night? You know, I'm trying to toss the break because we have to oh, get in a second so, break before so. the end of... Uh, gotcha. Our recording window here, which is at 4 o'clock, okay. that's when the Mike Sando show begins. So if you don't mind, I'll finish that. We'll do that tease, and then we can talk about what else you want to talk about after. You got it, man. All right, second break. All right, back on Birds with Friends. Close this bad boy outside. How was my media night? My media night was fine. Uh, the one person I wanted to talk to uh, could not be found, but that's okay. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. There were two people I wanted to talk to. One of them wouldn't talk. The other one would, could not be found, but we'll make do. Uh, got some talked to some assistant coaches for some uh, off-season story ideas. I don't know. You already know this. Huge day for you today. How so? A1. Yeah. You're the, uh, the, the hopes of the company's editorial direction today <laughs> are, on, are on Bo Wolf's shoulders. You are the, the centerpiece of the athletics website. Well, that's today. not quite true because they didn't tag me in the tweet from the athletics. So okay. I am not the centerpiece. The story, <laughs> right. to some degree, yeah. is what you're talking about. But yes. they, they, you know, I didn't get the I didn't get the tag. The so. story is the story is not about you. It's stories about, but it's your story. Yeah, right. But but, it, but for what you're okay. saying, it's not factually it's a, well, correct. Right. It's a it's a great piece. Check it out. I think uh, you know it really does a good job getting inside Nick Sirianni's. Uh, what what makes him successful? And well, I think and you were very helpful because you know there are th- when you're di- di- diving back on Nick Sirianni and you're thinking to yourself, when did he talk about this? Is there something I could find? And he just he calls Zach Berman, he call him over, he say, "Where's this?" And he say, "Oh, well, on June, uh, you know, he <laughs> yeah. said something about this." Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm 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 decent at that. I have a good memory. Um, I, I I do have one writing style question. Am I allowed to ask you? Or are we sure. real tight on time? No, you fine. you incorporate the readers in your writing style. You you use a lot of us, and you you know sometimes. Um, what's what's the reason behind that? If I may ask. I mean, it's not like a conscious thing. It's oh, just okay. like that's the way to tell that story. I felt okay. Like we all we all watched the Nick Sirianni press conference and had that reaction, right? I don't know. Do yeah. I do that? Do I do that often? You do it more than I do. That's why I'm curious. Okay. I want to learn from you. Yeah. I don't uh, – it's not a conscious thing. Okay. I don't know. Okay. It's like why do you walk the way that you do? I don't know. I, I wish I could walk differently. You said last night I was strutting. I was just <laughs> – I was simply – You did. Last night you walked into media night and you were strutting as if we'd like this is the only place on earth <laughs> that you wanted to be and that deserved you in this moment. Well, like, it was the only place at, at that moment that I wanted to be. I mean, you'd be where your feet are, right? And, uh, and that's, that's where my feet were last night. But How's the week going for you, just generally speaking? How's your hotel room? Any complaints? Uh, you know, anybody that you want to have a media feud with? What do we got? No, it's, it's, been, it's been great here. I, I wish I could sleep a little more. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I need to learn from you how to sleep better. Um, you to learn from Devontae Smith. Yeah, you want to tell that story? No, I'll tell it. That'll be in this. That'll be <laughs> okay. later this week, hopefully. All right, good sell. 
Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not sleeping enough. But it's 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 been great. It's so different covering a Super Bowl that the team you cover is in, sure. compared to when you're just when you're just there, right? It so. feels like the yeah the people the the out of town people. I mean, it's nice that they're here. Yeah. They've got work to do, but like it's like covering a bowl. Do they game. really have work to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I remember the the uh, the. And I, I know like we're, no, we're tight like on very time. low stakes. The, yeah. the first bowl I ever covered was the Orange Bowl, and um, and I'm going down there with like 30 story ideas, and you know I, I want to follow Brian Kelly around for a day, and I'm doing yeah. you know, Tyrod Taylor, and I, I got it's, it's Virginia time with his team. It was it was Virginia Tech versus Cincinnati, and I realized everyone's down there for a vacation in Miami, right? Yeah. Right? They're like they're like yeah, press conferences are from 10 to 11, and then you're free the rest of the day. I'm like free, <laughs> what? Right? Yeah. Yeah, give me something. You know, I, I think I even pitched covering, like, Isaiah Thomas was the coach at Florida International. Can I go over there and do, like, a – yeah. So, I yeah. was – yeah, so, anyways. Um, my shower – tell me if you have this issue. Uh, it, it, Only important stuff. It doesn't, like – it doesn't close all the way, and so the, the bathroom just gets soaking wet when, after, when you're done with the shower. Does that not happen in yours? No, but what happens is when you open the door to the shower, the – yeah, the floor gets wet then, but then once I'm in it, it's it, it's good. Yours, oh, yours is like is like uh, sealed. Yeah, it's. I guess you have a better door than me. Better shower door. <laughs> I, I haven't seen your shower, so I. I, I is don't it know. a circular one that sort of comes around? Semicircle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it clo- and you don't get a wet shower. You don't get a wet floor. Oh, but they give you oh a towel God, to put on the floor. floor. Well, yeah, I put a towel on the floor too, okay. but it's like. Yeah, no, I I have a disaster in there. I I haven't had that problem. You have a view. I uh, of like I mean I have a window I don't yeah. it's not a good view yeah okay yeah I also have um, I got to get this sorted out I have um, you know they've got the three uh, like bottles on the wall of the shower mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be shampoo conditioner and body wash and I have shampoo conditioner and shampoo gotcha so I've been I've been washing my body with shampoo gotcha I packed my own for this trip actually which shampoo or body wash both yeah. At CVS, I, I got the little mini, the mm. little mini ones for the trip. What do you go with? <laughs> for this one, it was what was that? it was the uh, Harry's one. That was at CVS. Oh, okay. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> nice. Who's your favorite Harry? Uh, Carrie, I guess that that's one that came to mind. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, all right, we're, we should close up quickly, but we haven't really like you and I talked about how we're feeling about the game quite yet. Oh, I thought that's the big Just Thursday your problem. general vibe yeah. at the moment. You track the progress yeah. as the week goes on. How are you sort of feeling right now? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll tell you how I'm feeling. Is, is that I think the Eagles are the better team. I think the Eagles are the better. Like Jeff said, the Eagles are better on, on both sides of the ball. They're better on the line of scrimmage, I feel like. But Kansas City has the better quarterback. And that's no slight to Jalen Hurts that Patrick Mahomes is that good. And the Eagles haven't seen a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. There really isn't a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Um, to bring back the conversation we had with ESP yesterday. Uh, so, so, so that's the concern. I think there's a reason why the Eagles are favored here. Uh, I like the Eagles winning this game, um, but I, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I'd like the Eagles winning this game, but I'd be worried about Mahomes. Okay. I sort of, I, this is like a silly uh, line to, to draw, but I sort of feel like either the Eagles are going to win this game handily. And like, prove their superiority uh, on a sort of a dominant basis, or Patrick Mahomes is going to win a very close game, and like he'll get the ball last, 
down four or six points. You got to pick a side here. Not on Tuesday. You just asked me. You didn't answer the question either. (laughs) You said that you you feel they're the better team, but you got to be worried about Patrick Mahomes. What kind of like uh, definitive take was that? I said I I like the Eagles to win, but I'm worried about Mahomes. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, we have until Friday to make our pick. I actually got okay. That's like we had we had an assignment from the Athletic, a league wide thing. We had to go with our, our award picks and then our picks for the game. And it's too early. I wasn't. Yeah. I just. I didn't answer the award. Yeah. I, I did the awards, but I didn't answer the. You game had to. Pick. It was required. I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't want to go on the record yet. I don't have a pick yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I got message Adam. I should do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Uh, thank you to Kent for producing onsite. Marissa for doing the work remotely. We'll be back tomorrow from Radio Crow. Uh, I think we have a good idea of uh, what we're going to do for tomorrow's podcast, so that should be exciting. Uh, Zach, uh, again, in charge of the booking, got us Jeff McClain today. He's going to get us Kerry Lake tomorrow, um, so that should be pretty good. And Ooh. then we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll move on forward as we get to uh, Make sure you check out Bo's story uh, on, the, on The Athletic, and then also check out the piece on the banana pudding phenomenon inside the You Eagles have locker. been waiting three years to write that story. I have. Good for you. Yeah. And you killed it. Thank you. I was, I was proud of that one. And you know what I would say about that story, how good it was? What's that? The proof is in the pudding. Oh. All right. Good kicker. For Zach, Marissa, Kent, Jeff, and Elijah. We thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. And as always, we love you. The NFL is unmatched. Elite athleticism, weekly drama, millions watching every game day, billions of dollars in revenue. But among all that attention, money, and success, the league has a critical flaw. In my experience, the NFL does have a a race problem, but more than that, the owners have a race problem. The people who make the hiring decisions, I don't think that they are going to look at two candidates and think the black candidate is clearly superior. What you don't realize is that as you're going through all of that, the stress it puts you on, it's like somebody beating you down every day. The thing is, it has to be player level. We call it the NFL, but the 32 owners, like, we can't sit here and say, like, this is important to all 32 of those guys. Football teams hated it. You know, issues like the national anthem, kneeling for the national anthem, issues like players speaking out at protest. Watching Roger Goodell, like, get on TV and, you know, try to sound like (laughs) he with it. We know there's a definite limit on this allyship, right? I wasn't a big fan of the NFL because of what I had to go through and the way it was, I looked up on it, and I just felt like I was fed up with the NFL. I'm Tashawn Reed, the host of a new podcast series from The Athletic called Between the Lines. The series details how America's biggest game has grappled with America's biggest issue. From the players who weigh the risks of being socially active in the wake of Colin Kaepernick, to coaches and executives vying for equal opportunities, to a league and owners who have failed to support and promote diversity. The series includes exclusive interviews from Ladanian Tomlinson, Doug Williams, Jason Wright, and several more players, coaches, and front office executives across the game. Look for Between the Lines starting on February 14th on The Athletic Football Show every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.